How do you know this? That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Truth is, <laughs> I am Iron Man. Wherever I go, he goes. When people ask you what happened here, tell them the North remembers. And here we go. What's up, everyone? I'm Zach Williamson. This is the Culture Crib Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Ross Cuts for today. We're talking House of the Dragon, episode three. We're not doing Rings of the Power yet. We're going to wait until we can get Luke on that. And we're going to probably do the first three episodes on the back half of House of the Dragon E4 podcast. So next week. This is probably the strongest episode of the season so far. They had great action at the very end of the episode. All the buildup towards that was very Game of Thrones. There's a ton of symbolism. There's a ton of parallels back to Game of Thrones. Man, it was just a solid episode. And this show hasn't missed yet. And I'm really enjoying it. Yes. In the beginning, dude. Oh, my God. The death. Help me. print. That was one of the funniest deaths in Game of Thrones. I think that was the funniest death since when the mountain <laughs> grabbed that one fucker and smashed his head into the wall. That was probably yeah, the, the yeah. one I've <laughs> laughed at the most since. Yeah. The zombie mountain. Yeah. Right off the bat in the episodes. And I think that was Damon's only dialogue in the whole episode. He didn't even say anything at the end of that episode, too. It was just a badass and... and basically took over the episode. Yeah, from the moment when he came off of the island, went coming onto the beach. <laughs> Even that before kind of that, a... he didn't say anything. He just... No, yeah. He's like, fuck you, Viserys. I'm doing this myself. The intensity was really high because of the background music and how little dialogue there was in it really brought out the music and the intensity. It was, it was sick. Also, the score... Even earlier in the episode, there was the score when they're in the tent and they're talking about succession and all that stuff. That score was very eerie and dark. Really yeah. liked that. Foreshadowing even a little bit. I've been liking the score as well. Yeah. Lannisters are still slimy motherfuckers. <laughs> yep. Jason or whatever <laughs> his name is. I Shamed of these boys. That play, that play to go on the beach was bold. Of uh, Sorry, it's going back to Damon. When he went onto the beach and just went for it. It's like, this fool is dead. <laughs> he needed a moment, though, like this. Yeah, because up to this point, we've seen him. He really got bested by Sir Kristen Cole. He's just been kind of lashing out. He hadn't done anything crazy badass. Well, he, he's he been kind of badass, but like, this is a defining moment for Damon right here. Now, I feel like with Sir Kristen Cole, though, he, he kind of won, right? Nah, remember, he got bested. He got knocked no, off the no. horse. Okay. Oh yeah. Kind of won in the in the joust. He he lost for sure. But then when in single combat, he he won. And then Cole was on the ground, and he turned to the crowd, and then Cole got back up. Yeah, but who knows? He he was kind of laughing. He didn't even seem like he was really trying either. I guess yeah. He never explicitly said I surrender, and he laughed after he got on top of him. He's like, nice one. He just got cocky, man. I don't think it was yeah. In these rules of jousting, it doesn't seem it's either over until someone's dead or. You yield. You say you yield. Yeah. Because he never explicitly said it, you're right. Yeah. I think Kristen Cole is pretty raw, too, though. Kristen Cole is being established as a very yeah. badass Kingsguard guy, for sure. How did you like the side story of the hunt? And it was kind of like a circus almost, but it was they were just out hunting. Not a circus, but a big royal affair. I, I liked it. I think that this was one of the biggest things in Game of Thrones that George R. R. Martin had a problem with because he even said that if for Robert Baratheon's King's Hunt, it 
if there was something like that, there would have been hundreds of people. It would have been a big party. It would have been exactly like this. So this seems like something that they did because of George R. R. Martin's complaints about the first season, even though he knew that they maybe didn't have the budget to do that that early in Game of Thrones. And I'm not sure if he even wrote a, a scene like that for... I can't remember yeah. if he wrote a scene like that even in Game of Thrones for Robert, for Robert Baratheon. But yeah, that was all good. And you could even see that Viserys, he just doesn't... He's out there doing his duty. He doesn't like doing this kind of stuff. Yeah, he definitely looked uncomfortable. He's getting hammered before it broke because he wanted to be drunk during the... He just doesn't like doing this. He's a lot like Robert in that, in that aspect. It seems like he doesn't want to be king. That's what I mean. I think it's showing a lot of what Robert had to deal with as king with this too. Just constantly people trying to take your position, undermine you, scheming. It's just all this, you know, constantly trying to court and make your house better and position your house better, dude. It, it's helping show even for Barat, Robert Baratheon what he was going through. I agree. Yeah. And they didn't really want to do any of the, like the, the nitty gritty work, anything with logistics and numbers. They kind of just wanted to make appearances and drink and have the, the appearance of a king and talk about more frivolous things is what I was getting from both of them. I still think he, he there's aspects of the king that this guy likes, Viserys, but you can tell that, man, he, like, yeah. he's missing fingers now. He's definitely feeling yeah. the brunt of being the king. It's been 14 years, but he's definitely getting older and literally getting sick from the throne, and you can see him sort of wearing down. And Bro, I would stop sitting on that. Seriously, well, the thing is with it, it's, it was designed to be that way. It's designed to be uncomfortable to sit in. That was how Aegon designed it. Yeah. And that was the whole point, too, is that you're supposed to not lose your cool in it. Because if you do, you could fucking cut yourself or be like Magor and cut your wrists open. I would. That's Bro, alleged. If that. he Alleged, if yeah. Allegedly, he cut it on his wrist or someone took his arm and just stabbed it right into there. Assassinated him. Yeah. He's yeah, kind which, of a fucker, so. Which is more believable. I, I'm yeah. into that theory. Yeah. Yeah, so what else happened? Man, there's good lore building in this episode, too, with her playing that song. That that song definitely sounded like Namira and the Thousand Ships. Yep, that's what I thought, too. Because they were they were talking about the the ships crashing, right? Mm-hmm. She something, kept singing I, it I don't know. I, there's something in the lyrics that I was like, yeah, this sounds like Namiria. But Namiria? Did I say that wrong? Namiria. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Namiria. Obviously, there's a lot of symbolism in this, too. Even after the episode, the... Showrunners went into it about how this was a journey for Rhaenyra and and Daemon and Daemon and how they came out of this whole episode with a new purpose as a different person. Same with Viserys right. too, kind of. Yeah, they all have some new perspective on what I guess their goal is. Because I'm rewatching now, and it's showing all these all these other side characters too. They introduce a lot of new characters now. They introduce the Strongs a little bit more. You got the one with the what I don't remember what is wrong with his foot, but that guy very easily snuck his way in with all the most powerful women in the realm and was hearing their secrets and stuff. That's very Littlefinger. Littlefinger-esque. Yeah, what's the other guy? Varys? Varys. Varys, yeah. It's very, okay, it's getting knowledge without actually having to have a spy or anything. That was interesting there. And even the other strong guy, they showed him, and he was stoked when Rhaenyra came back all covered in blood. Everyone else is disgusted, and he's just grinning, loving it. So I think that he's going to be a character, too. And the dad is definitely his most loyal confidant or whatever. Yeah. He seems the most impartial, too. He's not just looking out for his own games. His family. He seems like he's Mm -hmm. really trying to tell him the best decision. Agreed. Yeah, which I think is the best decision. Rhaenyra 
she should marry, that'd probably be the best move right now. But he wants her to decide. Yeah. I like that he said that too. He said, well, you pick. That, I know that makes sense. I, I Yeah, I liked all that. That that made sense for their characters and their political aspirations as well. And Rhaenyra was just best in all those old grandmas too. With her wit? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, a, a fun tie too. The red wine, the one, the the red wine family, they are connected to the Tyrells because of uh, Lady, what's her name? Lady Tyrell, the grandma, I forget oh, her Lena? name. Lena, Lena Tyrell. Somehow they're all connected, even though she's also a high tower. So she was a high tower and a red wine. Those were like her lines, almost very positive. Oh, shit. That's a strong match for, oh, fuck, I don't remember who she married. Yeah, and that's oh, only no, that a couple generations yeah. different. She was pretty old, so that would only be a yeah. hundred years probably ish before she's born. Yeah, probably around there. Yeah, man. Because so just some, yeah, yeah, really good lore building. When we get an action scene, it's always so dope. Now I'm because I'm I'm so invested in the political side of this show, man. Yeah, I think the action's pretty. This show definitely had the benefit of Game of Thrones coming before it and building up that brand because. Like you were saying earlier, Game of Thrones didn't have that budget for a couple seasons. And this yeah. this show immediately, season one, already has the same budget as like season six, seven, and eight. Bigger. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it, it is still under 20, yeah. Still under 20 million, but bigger than season eight of Game of Thrones. I think season eight of Game of Thrones was somewhere between 18 and 20 million an episode. And this is right under 20 million. But also, yeah, man, bigger sets. You got COVID too, so I think that might have bumped the budget up too with that with delays and trying to be more safety. And there's more dragons and more attention to detail, man. I mean, some of their clothes yeah. just have such cool fucking things that they've embedded them in the armor all looks so legit. Everything about it just feels high production value, especially when you compare it to some of the other high production shows we've seen recently, like Obi-Wan Kenobi had aspects yeah. of that show that looks so cheap in comparison. And yeah. this show is doing... A lot of the same stuff they're doing in the volume. They're doing real sets. They're building stuff. It's just night and day, man. The one aspect of the show, I think the time skips are definitely handled. And just... I think they're handled really well, man. You don't agree? No, no, no. That's not what it is. I think the time skips and the pacing in general is handled a lot better than Game of Thrones Season 7 and 8. Of course. But I mean, of course, yeah, yeah. bro. I mean, <laughs> yes, like, it's like... Yeah. I, it's hard to even compare it to that because that clearly was, it's just, that's a whole different situation where the showrunners were literally like, no, we are doing eight seasons. George R. R. Martin yeah. saying, I want you to do 10 at least. I think it should go 12 to 13. HBO is like, you guys should do more seasons, but they didn't want to. So it's, it, it's they want like, no, yeah, I know. No, I think I think they're doing really well with this. The one the one thing was uh what's his name? Lenore Valerian, bro. That guy aged up quite a bit, at, you know, once oh, he went to war there. Big time. He <laughs> looks completely different. And that was only like two or three years he, later. I, I actually think the actors look pretty similar, but yeah, he looks like he went from kid to grown grown ass man no, yeah. three and a half years. I'm just yeah, he grew a lot. That's what I was saying. Yeah, I guess we didn't even get to see him that much in the first couple of episodes, kind of on the side a little bit. And then this one, he had a more prominent role. Right. He's only in the first episode, and they only show him during the tournament. But he looked young. Yeah. No, he looked very young. And then, what, two or three years go by? Dude, motherfucker. 3.5 since then. 3.5, yeah. And they've been at war for, what, two years? Two and a half years? Three years? 
Yeah, no, I think it's yeah two to two and a half. It might be three, now, man. I mean, they they were going to war at the end of the last episode, which was six month jump. So I think it's been almost three years that they've been at war now. I, yeah, it's definitely in that range, somewhere around there. It's it's been a a bit. So Damon now is king of the stepsons or king of the narrow sea. He gets that title. Point. They give him king yeah, of he, the king of the stepsons, and the narrow sea is a title that he's given in the book. Which yeah. I'm assuming they're gonna give him that title because in the in the books though it's a little different, man. He stays there and rules it for a bit until Viserys is like, okay, come back to King's Landing. We need to figure some stuff out because it feels like the next episode is then about to have another time jump. Which I didn't actually yeah. watch the trailer for this next one, but I'm assuming that they're gonna do a time jump again here, and then we're gonna get a big time jump within the next two episodes. And I bet it's gonna happen within an episode that they're gonna do a time jump to show these couple other characters who are children when they're closer to their 30s. Rhaenyra, Alicent, the other Valerian daughter. I'm thinking the time jump is definitely going to happen around, is in episode five probably. Maybe at the end or the beginning. It could even happen. It could happen at the end of the next episode, man. Shit. True. I don't know. It could. We'll see. Yeah. I think they need the full next episode to flesh some stuff out, but I don't don't know. Bro, what you think about pugs? Some of these dogs are pretty modern animals dude i was very pulled out by that i also remember what i was gonna say earlier but as soon as i saw that pug i was kind of confused why the fuck are there pugs right now (laughs) i bet there's a lot of people thinking that me out i thought that too and then i was just thinking that man it's game of thrones this place has dragons i'm just gonna roll with it (laughs) yeah it's not Not as bad as seeing like a starbucks cup or something (laughs) yeah yeah. <laughs> or if they had like a cell phone or some shit. Yeah. It'd yeah. Take me out as much. Should we look up when pugs were in? What's the earliest known? <laughs> when pug? were pugs invented? <laughs> yeah. Let's see. That- I feel like this is something we should know. Here, I'll Google it. Damn. Okay. Wait, what? Pugs are an ancient breed of dog with roots dating oh, back shit. to 400 before Christ. So. Damn. Pretty old. All right. Hey, we're allowing pugs. Man, they did their research. Fine. Yeah. We allow it. And she's the oldest higher born family, so they'd probably have like, of course the a dog like nice that. Yeah, nice dogs. Okay. We can, so we can Dude, the oldest pug <laughs> the oldest pug that ever lived was twenty seven years old and their name was Snooky. Damn, bro. Shout out yeah. Snooky, man. That's a fucking yeah. long ass time. Big shout out to Snooky. All right, guys, slight pause for the next thirty to sixty seconds for our ad partners. Did you think that maybe Viserys was a little bit relieved, too, that it wasn't the white stag? Oh, yeah, he definitely looked like it because yeah, he had that anxiety so of he's kind of superstitious. He believes in omens. Yeah, he, he is. believes in dreams. He's very and superstitious. So, yeah. When he saw that brown stag, that was, I think, a I think little that bit was of a relief for him, too, that he was he was thinking, OK, I made the right call here. We're good. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Such a funny guy. Believing in the wildest shit, making these massive decisions. Yeah, yeah, that's proof. She's the true heir. Okay, to be fair though, if there were dragons and shit, maybe I would believe in some stuff like that as well. Absolutely, bro. I mean, the thing is, okay, (laughs) he was wrong about his vision, or potentially he could still not be wrong. But the visions are proven thing with the Targaryens. Aegon had one. Daenerys had them. There was the one who had. 
the Doom of Valyria. So it's a known thing that Targaryens have these visions. So I can see why he would be, he'd believe that. But he did say, you know, I was wrong about that one, or I think I was wrong. It drove my wife to death. And he was honest. He said, I never thought about having another wife, any of that stuff. He's, yeah. he's doing this stuff because he's the king and he has to. Oh, I love when he, sh- when he was shitting on that Lannister guy too. About oh, how yeah. he named her there. <laughs> that was great. Love that. Immediately he's saying, fuck this guy. You are not going to marry my daughter. Hell no. He got hella defensive over Rhaenyra, which was sick. He was a bit like soft at that moment too, but yeah. Oh my God. Dude was fucked up. <laughs> he, was so, he was so hungover the next day too. Yeah, bro. Absolutely. All right. Yeah, I, can we, see that, I can see that quote being a... Uh, a meme when he said the gods are punishing me 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 for my I can't remember what the fuck he's indulgences or something like that. Oh, the That's next funny. day when he says it. Yeah. All right, let me skip ahead because I'm just at that part. Oh, even the other thing too was Rhaenyra when she killed the 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 boar. The boar, yeah, because at the beginning of the episode she was saying how she doesn't like to watch that, right? But she was going ham on that thing. I think that was just a lot of anger that she was releasing in that moment. And that parallel, yeah. too, with her bringing back the boar covered in blood, Damon covered in blood, bringing back, dragging back that boy's body. Clear parallel to each other there, too. Yeah, that whole thing was, there was a lot of mm-hmm. parallels there. L- classic Game of Thrones stuff right there. Just also, like, dude, uh, ev- dude. Everyone must have reacted the same way to me when he was, yeah, you should marry, you should have him marry Aegon, two-year-old son. <laughs> oh my god i was like what the fuck bro what is wrong with you for that suggestion you know like at that point you got to be looking at your hand thinking okay dude something's uh, up with you you got to be scheming a bit here i know that's <laughs> out of pocket 100 percent. what the fuck also uh, yeah. the guy who plays viserys patty i don't know how to say uh, it. Considine? Mills or no Considine. Mills, no, yeah, bro. Not Mills. it's like patty Considine. <laughs> He's a great actor, man. He's really killing it and doing a good job as Viserys, I think. Especially just from reading Fire and Blood and reading reading a lot of his wiki, he's just adding a lot of depth to this character that I never even thought about looking over the material. Is it Patty Considine? Considine. Cool. Okay, Considine. Okay. Okay. Man, we've honestly... I'm skipping ahead here, but I think we've covered this episode pretty fucking good as far as just material... In the episode oh, I was going to say, I, I don't have a problem with any, I not even I don't have a problem. I think all the performances have been really good so far. Allison, Hightowers, Otto, uh, we didn't talk Rhaenyra, about Allison. Damon. Yeah, man. She at first she's saying, she's saying my husband or my king, but then she says Viserys at one point when she's really trying to get serious with him. And yeah. it's really interesting, too, because it's at this point, it feels like she still supports Rhaenyra. Yeah. But like she wants her to be queen. Yeah. As of right now. Well, because they're they're they were best friends before. Yeah. And there something happened. A a rift was put between them and now there's Well, this is very different than what happens in the book. This is a different adaptation on this dynamic for sure than the No, book. yeah. But there's still that rift there. There's that elephant in the room and it's slowly kind of pushing them apart a little bit. For sure. I think. But they're still friends at this point. I have a feeling that Rhaenyra is the one who's going to blow this up somehow. That is my theory. That this might there might be a bigger rift because of something Rhaenyra does. We'll see, I, though. I agree. Because you She's see that. She's kind of hot-headed Allison, sometimes. Yeah. 
Allison is a turtle. She, she takes her stress and she internalizes it, whereas Rhaenyra can is more prone to like exploding or showing her emotions more. Yeah. So and I she's think the it one would too. be her. In that scene when she's playing the music, she was the one being, I guess, distant. In oh yeah, when they they were going to talk with each other uh, by the weirwood tree. Yeah, but let's see. This could be different because now she's finally talked to her dad, and her dad says, "You will be the heir. You are my heir. I'm not changing this." He did say that, and it was very concrete. Very. He said it though, right after you admitted though that he had doubts. He did when he was drunk. That was a fucking interesting scene too. Yeah, that's okay. It's it's reasonable to have doubts about those things. I think. I agree, but you admitted it to the mother of the kid. That you had a doubt, so oh, we'll see. Fuck. So you think she's gonna? I don't know. I think that maybe that? that seed is potentially now planted in her mind. Potentially, we'll see. Though he also was drunk, and that was before they caught the stag that wasn't white, which I feel like yeah. also what you're saying cemented a lot of things for him. And he was drunk at the time too. Yeah. So you think Rhaenyra or Kristen is? Are they going to tell anybody about the white heart that they saw? I don't know. Or is dude. it going to be between them? Yeah, that's an interesting thing. I don't know. Because she didn't want to kill it. So she doesn't have proof. She sh- she brought the board to show that, hey, she's strong. I could see her yeah. telling her dad. I don't know if this is going to be a super common known thing, though. You're right. That, that might be something that she keeps for herself or for the audience to see. Yeah. Do you want to go to fan questions? Yeah. So our main fan question, and this... I cannot specify who it was because it was actually several people who were replying about this. But people want to know, because it got confirmed that the crab feeder, he was wearing a, what is that mask called, Ross? Harpy. Harpy mask. Sons of the Harpy. Sons of the Harpy. But the Sons of the Harpy were a group that were formed in rebellion. Daenerys, but the Harpies themselves, the Harpy is a symbol of the old Giscari Empire who was in a series of wars with the just the Valyrian freehold in general. Like in so there's a lot inception. of tiebacks that Targaryens yeah. have always been against the Sons of Harpy or this idea, ideology. Because weren't they slavers way back in the in the day and the Valyrians fucked yep. their days up? That's right. That's why, that's why the Sons of the Harpy co-opted that symbolism and they used that mask because they wanted to bring slavery back and Old Giscari is known for being a a kingdom built on slavery. And they that's actually where the Valyrians got slavery from, too. After they defeated the Scari, they adopted that practice from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good little tie back, too. Yeah. Thank you for adding that, because I couldn't remember all the details for that specifically. But yeah, so he, it's confirmed that he is wearing an early version of that mask. He also had grayscale, and so having grayscale. And there's actually something else about him, too. I think in the books, this is this is something that they clearly are not building off of, but in the books... He might have been a bastard of the Valerians, that family. That was like a rumor. But that clearly is nothing in this show because they didn't even go into this guy's background at all. He's some sort of prince. He's some sort yeah. of highborn from the free cities for sure. And he has grayscale. This is the big thing that was confirmed, which it very much looked like he did. I couldn't tell if it maybe was a burn that he had or if he's trying to burn it off or something in this, you know. But so this is the big discussion because for one... Damon clearly has a lot of his blood on him. Yeah. And two, he was for sure touching his hand. I 
thought maybe that he wasn't touching his hand, but I've, you know what? Let me just triple confirm right now, Ross, real okay. quick. Give me a second here. Yeah, because I I only watched it once, but it did my my bro. He oh actually, dude. It looks like I thought he was dragging him by his sleeve. That's why it I thought. looks like he's grabbing a bracelet potentially too. Bracelet, okay. Okay, pause it at one zero three eleven timestamp. Do you see it? It looks like he's gripping a bracelet on the guy's hand. Also, fun fact for the listeners: the actor who plays Crab, you know, the Crab Feeder, and Matt Smith who plays Damon Targaryen, they never met while filming. These these scenes were somehow filmed on different days, which makes, I guess that makes sense because you never see them actually fight each other. And this is a body sculpture yeah. or whatever, man, of the guy that they have here dragging out. Wait, is that why they didn't show the fight? Because I, I, I just honestly... think they don't show, I mean, we can talk about, that's another thing too. Let's talk about that after. Let's go over this first. Okay, it does look, it looks like he's holding onto a bracelet, but I think there's also definitely skin contact there. I'm playing it a little bit more. But it doesn't look <laughs> yeah. like there's any grayscale on his hand right there either. I can't see any grayscale. It looks clear. Pause at one zero three eighteen. His hand looks disgusting. It looks ah. clear at one zero three twelve. Wait, I'm gonna go eighteen. So, oh my god, yeah, it looks quite disgusting there. Yeah, oh, there's, there's a lot some of ways. grayscale on that bottom part. <laughs> so, there's a couple of theories with this that we can talk about. One, it could be that he was just touching the bracelet, but it does look like he's possibly touching hands. I don't think that blood causes grayscale. I think you actually have to touch the grayscale. Yeah. At least that's what Jorah said in Game of Thrones. He said, if you touch it, then you could get it. Because I remember even he shook Daenerys' hand at one point. And yeah. Yeah. it was the hand that didn't have it. So I don't think blood transfers it. I think it has to be direct contact. We also know that Targaryens can get grayscale because there was one of Jaehaerys' daughters, at least in the books, she died because she was out helping people with grayscale and she ended up getting it. And it doesn't specifically say that it killed her, but it says she died after getting grayscale. So I'm assuming it killed yeah. her. There also and was, there is, I think you were saying, another baby that had it, right? From the Targaryens? A Targaryen baby that had grayscale. I don't know about another one that had grayscale, but one of the babies, one of the other children of Jaehaerys and Alysanne was actually Daenerys who Daenerys that we know is named after, but mm. she died of the shivers, which just goes to show it doesn't really say anything about grayscale, but it does tie into the theory that a lot of people have that the Targaryens can't get sick. Oh, well, also the Targaryens say that, mm. but they believe that they believe their own hype. Yeah. Ba- based on the, my research, basically, yeah, it's, it's just hype. It's kind of them just trying to separate themselves from. Yeah. Cause they can folk, control dragons yeah. and they have visions. It could be that some people, you know, Daenerys, she's resistant to fire. So there could be some Targaryens that have heightened, I guess, resistance to disease. But I don't think... I mean, yeah, but there's not in really this case, any basis you know, for that. Yeah, there's yeah. no basis. It seems random. It seems like it's not all of them either, of course. Some of them have been sick. There's clearly one, some in this line that are sick. Viserys is getting sick. He's having to chop off his fingers. Yeah. So they're not all resistant to stuff. So that brings us to then, okay, he's grabbing the bracelet. Or this could be a new, potentially something that they are going to build off of. Andy has grayscale, and that could be something that they develop over the rest of the story. Or they're never going to touch on this and just assume, yeah, dude, he just didn't touch him and he doesn't have grayscale. I'm assuming the last one, because I think if that was going to be a plot point going into the future, they would have made some kind of explicit intention 
to for that going forward because if you're just watching the episode one you can't even tell if he has grayscale i mean you kind of can but you don't it's not confirmed it except for outside of the episode but i think that's interesting yeah i think it's interesting that they confirmed that after because that almost makes you think that okay they might build off of this somehow they might build it yeah but also, it didn't seem like any of his other soldiers had grayscale, so maybe this guy did contain it a bit. I think it also ties into giving him grayscale, ties into maybe why he was doing this. He was losing his fucking mind. Yeah, and it was all over his face, so it was probably yeah, either bro. close or already got to his brain a little bit. Yeah, yeah, no, he was on bouts anyway here. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I just so- feel like there it's not going to be a plot point because there was no intentional shot. There was no establishing shot for that plot point moving forward, really. Yeah, either way, I feel like Ryan Condal or someone is going to get asked about this at some point, one of the showrunners, and it's going to get cleared up somehow. I feel like we will get advanced. If if it's not in the show, then someone, one of the writers will post, you know, we'll talk about it, and we will cover it on Culture Craver Thrones Facts. So make sure you're following those pages. (laughs) Hey, plug. Plug, baby. Plug in. All right. Let's go. What, I, other, okay. what other questions we got? Would you have? Also, one last tidbit on that. Just because you do make contact with Grayscale doesn't always mean that it's a guarantee that you're going to get it. Because we see, we saw Tyrion. True. He came into contact with people with Grayscale multiple times and never caught it. True. That is a good point. You don't necessarily get it 100% of the time. Yeah. But that was just the last point. I don't have anything else to say on that. Plus, you can fucking cure it somehow. Maybe that's some lost knowledge. <laughs> yeah. I saw a theory. About someone said, because he read an old textbook, Sam, right? When he was curing Jorah. So mm-hmm. they were saying like that knowledge had to come from somewhere. So maybe this will tie it, the show, be another tie back into Game of Thrones. This is fun, though, because this is actually something that has in the books, Fire and Blood, there's no mention of Damon having grayscale. So yeah. this could be a new thing that no one knew about. Or it's nothing. But it's fun to have this theory about it because it's something that, okay, we actually can't look this up and talk about it and know what the answer is because they could do something different. George R. R. Martin said that this is the Game of Thrones TV universe is not the same. Obviously, I mean, like where he's going with his books, obviously not. But even in this, they're taking different directions with a lot of these characters and stuff. So it's two different things. There could be something they do with this. We'll see. Okay. Um, What I was going to say a while ago, yeah, let's do like ago, probably wrap it, it up within five minutes because yeah, I'm gonna yeah, I'm done. Get going here. Uh, my one of my like, it's not even a big complaint, but I thought the pacing was a little too rushed at parts. It wasn't bad though. It, it didn't take me out of it. It just what you mean? Exactly? It was more you like it was more like there were certain characters that I wish would have been built up a little bit more, like the crab feeder. I'd rather be shown than told. That's kind of where I'm coming from because some Here's things the- they just said oh, this happened, but I, I wanted to see it. Like, I, I would have been more emotionally invested if I got to see it. I think the crab feeder is interesting, but he in the book, he's just kind of a minor character. He's really just a plot point to get Damon yeah. going in the story and to get Damon connected with the sea snake. That is something that happens in the book, and I'm fine with him that he's just a minor villain in the grand scheme of it because really the story is going to be about the Targaryens. So it's... To me, it's fine. I think it was well done. And Targaryens, I like their little solo runs. Him, Jon Snow with Battle of the Bastards. I like that too. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. I just thought it was a well, it was a well done scene. And I, I actually saw this complaint too that people were saying 
bro, why didn't he get hit with more arrows? But dude, you're that's not as fucking close as you think. He was pretty far out there. No, that's a hard compared. Shot. Yeah, it's a hard shot, and he did get hit what three times, bro? That guy got hit four times in this episode, man. Yeah. God damn, man. Tanking him. Yeah. And you'd impressive. probably lose from how far away that they're shooting. There probably would be some loss of velocity on the arrow and everything, man. I mean, they were far away from where he was when he started running. But they did have a height difference, so they would have that going for them. True. Like, but they dude, were shooting I mean, down we could, on him. We need to look up some Game of Thrones science to see. <laughs> like, <laughs> get some archers in here and, you know, tell us, hey, man, how much velocity would this lose? Is it Because I, I feel like it wasn't that big of a stretch. And if this is... This is the first time we're seeing him do something just completely bold and like no fucks given. He doesn't yeah. care if he dies situation. And eventually that's probably going to get the best of him. I, I see where people are coming from. It was a little bit of a stretch for me, but it wasn't it wasn't that bad. The The reason it worked, I think, in Battle of the Bastards a little better was because Jon Snow had previous, previously died and he was brought back to life by the Lord of Light, by Melisandre, right? And so you kind of mm-hmm. knew... He had a reason to live. He wasn't just going to die out on this battlefield. So there was kind of like a supernatural element to that. Are you thinking, you know, in my mind anyways, I was thinking it's insane that he's dodging all these arrows. And it's probably because there's some kind of prophecy. There's some kind of magic going on behind the scenes. Was yeah. In my mind, yeah. it was making up for it. Possibility, bro. But he did get hit three times too. So it's yeah, not like he got true. away from all of it the whole time. He dodged two pretty huge shots and then the third round got him and he managed to get to somewhere to get to some decent cover before yeah. backup came in and, and bro, you got a dragon coming too. in so yeah yeah bro he was, he was fucking going ham in there man i was taking saying, people out yeah i love that i established okay targaryens man they were they were fighters too i love that i thought that was really i really enjoyed that scene yeah um but yeah so that's it man I forgot mm-hmm. to tell you, this episode, 9.0 IMDb, highest rated of the three so far. Shit. Damn. 9.0. First episode was 8.8. Second one was 8.5. So just very well reviewed so far. Everyone's yeah. loving the show. Man, and I'll, this is only going to get crazier from here. I'm yeah. surprised that I was actually kind of surprised that this storyline with up to this point took got done in three episodes. So... From here, man, it's going to just... There's going to be some time jumps. There's going to be some crazy stuff happening in the next seven episodes. It's about to fucking pop off, man. All right, everyone. So that is our House of the Dragon E3 podcast. We'll be back next week doing more House of the Dragon, and we'll hopefully be talking Rings of Power. want to give a shout-out to Alex underscore the Butcher for shooting us some DMs about the podcast. Heart of Emojo, T-Carns2, Solomon8128. Thank you guys for always sending in questions and just still listening to the podcast after all these years. We appreciate it so much. If you're new listening, drop us a rating review on Apple and Spotify. Make sure to follow us on Twitter too, at Culture Crave. We're dropping news on everything House of Dragon and any other show you guys are watching. Make sure to follow us on Thrones underscore facts too. Our podcast is at Culture Crave Pod. All right, guys. Yeah, that's it, man. Thank you all. See you next week.